Catholic Commentary Spiritual Warfare Stay ready so you don't have to get ready Jesus 911 Full Patrol Jesus 911 One man car for now My wife is being a good Samaritan We um we went to Holy Mass this morning, and one of the ladies, one of the daily Mass attendants, said, uh, Oh, no, I locked my keys in the car, and I have the other set of car keys at my house. Can you give me a ride home? So my wife said, I'll tell you what. I'll drop you off, and that's me. I'll drop you off at the house so you can start the radio show, and I'll go take Hortensia. I'll go take her to her house so she can get her second pair of keys and, and uh, drive her car home. So I think they'll probably be here probably the second and third segment. Nonetheless, I'm happy to be here. July is the month when we honor the precious blood of Jesus, which uh, this is a very special month. Again, it's, it's basically the month of the Holy Eucharist once again. This is Jesus 911. On Fridays, I do the show with my wife. This is kind of a couple of the sacraments of matrimony in action, kind of like Prisca and Aquila, kind of like uh, Tobias and Sarah. Hey, I just want to mention before I get into the show, there's a, couple, a lot of topics I want to talk about. First of all, when you go to an abortion clinic, how do you prepare? We're going to take our time and, and develop that. Also, there's a new movie coming out. Uh, Russell Crowe is going to be playing Father Gable Amorth, the life story of uh, one of the most famous exorcists of our lifetime. And then there's the third segment. We're going to go through Ephesians chapter 6, verse by verse, and we're going to look at what it means to do spiritual warfare as it relates to evangelization. That ought to be something that's of interest to everybody here. By the way, just uh, for all of you out there, I'm very good friends with the Canceled Priest organization, cancelledpriest.org, cancelledpriest.org. They're going to be coming August 1st, which is on a Monday from 5 to 8 p.m., Mountain Shadows Resort in Paradise Valley. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a dinner. There's going to be several talks. It's going to be suggested dress attires, business casual or semi-formal. Uh, this organization is to help support priests who have been unjustly removed from their priestly ministry. And uh, everybody's invited. Uh, free will donations are encouraged to help cover the expenses. So if you want to know more about this event, Monday, August 1st, which is going to be in Paradise Valley at the Mountain Shadows Resort, go to cancelpriest.org, cancelpriest.org. Today is the feast day of St. Mary Magdalene. A whole lot can be said about Mary Magdalene. Pray for us. St. Mary Magdalene is, is known as the disciple to the disciples. This is how important she is in salvation history. Okay. Roe versus Wade has been struck down by the Supreme Court, and so it's really now time to roll up our sleeves and continue the fight. A lot of us are going out to abortion clinics and praying because there's a lot of abortion clinics still open in many areas because they allow abortions up to 15 weeks, or some states just allow abortions. They've passed laws in their state to allow to, to legalize abortions in their state. So the fight's still on even though we have a, you know, a, a great victory with the Supreme Court. So the question is, for the average layperson, how do you spiritually prepare to go out to an abortion clinic? That's the question. 
How do you spiritually prepare to go out to an abortion clinic? Well, first, when you go out and pray in front of an abortion clinic, know this, that you're going to be doing hand-to-hand combat with demons. So make sure, number one, that you're in a state of grace. That location where you're going, where they kill babies, they offer blood sacrifices to Satan through abortion, that location is full of demons, and the opposition is diabolically afflicted, as you can tell by the people that are on the other side uh, giving you the fat middle finger and and, uh, exercising their Tourette syndrome. But what's important is make sure that you've done your morning prayers for an extended period of time. Or better yet, go to daily Mass before you go out there. Also make sure you include in your morning prayers a prayer of protection. And I'm going to include several prayers. I'll share with you several prayers that you can use and you can pick one or the other. Also make sure you have blessed sacramentals around your neck or in your pocket. Because agitators are more prone to act aggressive if there are no men praying at the abortion clinic. Or should we say the abortion mill. The presence of men usually restrains them from acting even more aggressive and belligerent. Solidarity is a very important Catholic principle. Solidarity is important because there's power in numbers. Make sure you have a a group of people, an organized group of people praying. Uh, That way you can all watch each other's backs. I mean, literally. And it's also a good idea to have people praying for you at home while you're out there. Or maybe people praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament as you guys are out there. You men and women are out there. And if the agitators start provoking you, make sure you make sure that someone or several people start recording everything and remember okay remember that uh that uh civil law and catholic teaching in paragraph 2263 allows you to defend yourself if you're attacked but here's some words of wisdom because that's exactly what they're going to be trying to do is they're going to be trying to bait you and get to your emotions here are some words of wisdom he who angers you controls you don't let them control you with their angry words because in the, that way they rent space in your head for free. Proverbs chapter 15 verses 1 to 3 gives great godly advice. It says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise dispenses knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Here's a couple of prayers that you should pray before you go out to an abortion clinic. Number one, you want to pray, again, prayers of protection. One prayer of protection that Dan and Kyle, the instructors from Liber Cristo, recommend is called the Carmelite Spiritual Prayer of Protection. Or the Carmelite Invocation. It's in Father Ripperger's book, Deliverance Prayers for the Lady. The Carmelite Prayer for Protection. I'll, sh- uh, I'll share with you what, what page it is. It's, uh, it's, right, it's right in the very beginning. Yes. Page 13. That prayer is the prayer where you're basically calling upon the entire celestial court to come and protect you. It's, it's a very effective spiritual warfare prayer. 
the founder of the Carmelites is Elijah. And we know that Elijah slit the throats of 450 false prophets. Uh, and so when you do this prayer, you're calling on God's celestial court to go out and protect you. Very powerful prayer. Another prayer that Dan Schneider, Dr. Dan Schneider and Kyle Clement, these are, these are both team members of Father Ripperger's exorcism team. They are team members. And probably the most uh, experienced team members. Pray the St. Patrick's Breastplate Prayer. That's also in Father Ripperger's book, page 15, but you can get that on the internet as well. St. Patrick's Breastplate Prayer, let's not forget that Ireland, at the t- in the 4th century, had the highest concentration of occultists, witches, and druids in the 4th century. The St. Patrick Breastplate Prayer, it's a patriarchal prayer. It's extremely effective. Our, our country right now is like 4th century Ireland. The St. Patrick Breastplate Prayer is uh, it's a morning prayer before you and your, and your family go out into our godless society. You project this image of the breastplate around your family. Remember, the breastplate, according to St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, it's also an offensive weapon. Another prayer that you can pray for protection before you go out there is called Prayer of Deliverance. This prayer was one of Father Gabriel Amorth's favorite prayers. It's called Prayer of Deliverance. You can get that on the internet as well. Just type in Prayer of Deliverance. This is one that was recommended by Father Gabriel Amorth and Father Fortea. A fourth prayer that you can pray for protection. Again, you can pick any one of them. Just make sure before you go out there, you do, you do a protection prayer over yourself. And everybody has to pray this prayer over themselves. You can't pray it over the group. You don't have that authority. You're not a priest. Everybody has to pray this prayer over themselves. Here's one I pray every morning. Part of my morning prayers. It's called prayer against every evil. It goes like this. Spirit of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Most Holy Trinity, Immaculate Virgin Mary, Angels, Archangels and Saints of Heaven, Descend upon me. Please purify me. Lord, mold me, fill me with with thyself and use me. Banish all the forces of evil from me. Destroy them, vanquish them so that I can be healthy and do thy holy will. Banish from me all spells, witchcraft, black magic, malefice, ties, maledictions, and the evil eye. Diabolical infestations, oppressions, possessions, all that is evil and sinful. Jealous, jealousy, perfidy, envy, physical, psychological, moral, spiritual, and diabolical ailments. Cast into hell all the demons working these evils, that they may never again touch me or any creature in my family. I command and bid all the powers who molest me by the power of God Almighty, in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior, through the intercession of the Immaculate Virgin Mary, to leave me forever and to be consigned into the everlasting hell, where they will be bound by St. Michael the Archangel, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael, and our guardian angels, and where they will be crushed under the heel of the Immaculate Virgin Mary. Amen. That's called prayer against evil. Again, any one of these four prayers should be prayed before you go out to an abortion clinic. Make sure you do any one of these four prayers to protect me. I'll continue on the other side talking about how to prepare for the abortion clinic.
So the question is, how do you spiritually prepare before you go out to an abortion clinic? That's the question. When you get to the abortion clinic, remember, so you've done prayers of protection before you go out there. And there's at least four different prayers of, of protection that I've just shared with you. One is called the Carmelite Spiritual Warfare Prayer, the Carmelite Invocation. That's what it's called, Carmelite Invocation. You can do the St. Patrick's Breastplate Prayer. Both of those prayers are in Father Chad Ripperger's book, uh, Deliverance Prayers for the Laity. Or you can pray uh, one of Father Amor's favorite prayers. It's called Prayer of Deliverance. It's on the internet. It's, uh, it's a very common prayer. There's also another common prayer of protection called Prayer Against Every Evil. That's another one that was used by Father uh, Forte and Father Gabriel Lamorth. Now, when you get to the abortion mill, the killing center, you definitely want to bless yourself there with holy water. Bless yourself with holy water when you get to the abortion mill. Now, you could sprinkle holy water around you because that's where you're standing. So you have authority to pray over the location that you're standing, which is only about, you know, two by two feet. You can't go around the entire abortion clinic and start sprinkling holy water around the clinic. Why? You have no authority over the building. You have no authority over the property. You're stepping out of your lane. When you step out of your lane as a Catholic, demons know what you can and cannot do. When you step out of your lane, you're open to diabolic retaliation. You, your marriage, and your children. So, operate within the confines of your authority. You can bless yourself while you're at the abortion clinic. And you can bless the ground right under you with holy water, because you're standing there. When you get there, do a perimeter prayer. And that perimeter prayer, you're not praying for that abortion clinic because you have no authority to pray a perimeter prayer to, to cast demons out of an abortion clinic. You don't own the building. You have to be an owner of the building to have that type of juridical authority. But you do have authority to pray for yourself where you're standing, which is about a two by two feet or three by three feet. So you would do a perimeter prayer. These prayers are also found in Father Chad Ripperger's book. Here's one. Here's a short one you can do. So when you get to the abortion clinic, bless yourself with holy water. Give the holy water to other people so they can bless themselves. Everybody has to do this individually. You can't, you're not a priest. You can't go and start blessing everybody. Only a priest can with holy water. So you would say, it's called perimeter prayer A. I adjure you, all evil spirits, in the name of the spotless Lamb of God, Jesus of Nazareth, to depart from here. I cast you out, every unclean spirit, every phantom, every encroachment of the devil. Yield then to God, your vanquish in your citadel, all you vile demons. The most sovereign Queen of Heaven, the glorious and ever-Virgin Mary, through her immaculate purity, drives you out. Before her countenance, you must flee. Give way, you evil spirits, to the, to the Queen of Heaven. She's destined by Almighty God to crush your head with her heel, close quote. The second perimeter prayer in Father Ripperger's book that you can pray, and that perimeter prayer is good for you and the location you're standing, which is about, you know, two feet by two feet or three, three feet by three feet. You're protecting yourself, your perimeter. You can't do this. Now, this was your house or your bedroom. Of course, you can go around and do the perimeter prayer in your house, your bedroom, your apartment, your building, your place of business. But this is a public place. It's a killing center. 
you have no juridical authority over this building or over Planned Parenthood or over Family Planning Associates. So you can only pray safely for yourself that you're protected there as you are praying the rosary with fellow Catholics. So the second perimeter prayer goes like this. Lord, and this is in Father Ripperger's book as well. Lord Jesus Christ, in thy love and mercy, establish a perimeter of protection around my around myself and all our loved ones. Those who pray for us and their loved ones. Oh, here's my wife. She She's back. The Good Samaritan. <laughs> Welcome back, Anita. Go ahead and pick up your, your okay. seat a little bit. Can I get my seat up? Yeah, somebody, uh, uh, one of the ladies at, at Mass locked her car and asked my wife for a ride home. So my wife says, drop me off after Mass here at the house so I can start the show. And my wife dropped off Hortensia, a good holy woman. Yeah, she is. It's good to be here in the hot seat. In <laughs> the hot later. seat. <laughs> well. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. The audience was missing you. Yes. Well, I miss them, too. We, you know, we had this wonderful lady who relieves. She, you know, she, she's, she has her holy hour before ourselves. And she comes, she go, her holy hour is from 11 to 12 and ours is 12 to 1 a.m. And uh, she's very good. When we're not there, she covers for us. Yes. She's just a wonderful lady. She's a widow. A very, she was a very young widow. Huh? Yes, she was telling she me the story. But anyways, um, she asked us for a ride. She's home. a holy woman. And, yeah, holy woman. Her her house was about 10 minutes away from the church. So oh, it, was okay. little, it was a little. It drive. was a trek. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I figured and that. She, yeah, so we had to drive her back to the church. And so she had to open her car with her keys. But got it. yeah, got that situated. Uh, that was a... Well, that was a good Samaritan. Uh, yes, uh, yes, it was. Yeah, that yeah. was an act of uh, uh, an act of kindness and a, a, uh, a corporal work of mercy. Yeah, she's a wonderful lady, and you yeah. know, thank you, Jesus. There's a reason why. Yes. Know. You know what? I want to move now on to. We talked about what to do in front of an abortion clinic. I think yes. I've exhausted that. Okay. In the next couple of minutes, I want to talk about a movie that's coming out. This is going to be very interesting because this is an A-list actor. He's very good. Yes. He's done some some very powerful blockbuster movies. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe. Yes, Russell Crowe. He's he, he, what's he famous for? What he's, film? Uh, for the Gladiator. Yeah. I'm sure all of you have watched Especially that men. movie. That's just a wonderful movie. I love the movie. Virtue. I, I, yeah. His virtue. For most virtue. He's a very virtuous man. He shows himself virtuous. Yeah. And um, somebody who didn't really know who God was, no, but, but he, he was, he was he, moving in that direction, moving in that direction. Family man too. Yeah. Yes. Now that movie touched, uh, touches every man's heart because it has everything that a man should strive for. Right. Right. Yeah. Chivalry, um, being Courage, a man, yeah. fortitude and commitment. commitment, commitment to his marriage. Discipline. I love the fact that he had that, those uh, images of, of himself, his wife and his child, just little small images. And he had them wrapped up in the, in a look like a leather pouch. Yes. And um, he would open up and look at it and just think about his family. That that's just wow! That what touching. a commitment that yeah. was. Touching. But anyways, yeah. So he, uh, the actor Russell Crowe, is going to start. You know, the, the star of the film of the Gladiator. Well, uh, he mo- that's the most known. That's for, yeah. his most known for. He's going to play a famous modern exorcist. And now, who is that exorcist? Is Father Gabriel Morth. It's an upcoming film. Uh, he's the, um, an Australian director and screenwriter, Julius Avery's uh, next. That's his next, next project. project yeah. yeah, is it's, it's going to be a supernatural th- th- thriller, and it's based on the memoirs. memoirs of uh, the life of Father Gabriel Morth, an exorcist from the Diocese of Rome. You know, we've sp- spoken about him quite Constantly. a bit here on uh, Jesus Nine One and Spiritual Warfare for a Show. And who, who, and who was uh, uh, Father Gabriel Morris? He he died in 2006 
And he has said to perform more than 100,000 exorcisms in his lifetime. Now, they weren't all solemn. Father Morthy did just, he would do minor exorcisms like all day long, but he would count mm. that as an exorcism, minor yes. and, and solemn. Yeah. Yeah. He was just constantly doing it seven days a week, mostly minor. Just people would come yeah. in and just pray over them. They said, right. I got this, that, and the other. Right. And if you want to know a little bit more about him, yeah. there's actually uh, a documentary called uh, Devil and Father Gabriel Morth. Yeah. It's on, um, I don't know if it's Prime or whatever. One of those channels. Yeah, one of those channels. But it's there, okay. and uh, you can uh, look at that movie. Uh, it's I a suggest. documentary. It's yeah, because there they're, they're going to show you... Uh, an exorcism, a live exorcism on yeah. that movie. So yeah. um, that's something that you wanted to. So Father Moore's life was enough. It has, he has enough material for this movie. Um, also, if the anecdotes, uh, they had anecdotes of his childhood are rare, but the rest of his life reveals that many faces of, of this fascinating character. For example, at the age of 18, he joined the resistance and received uh, the cross of war. So that's uh, Cruz de Guerra. After studying law, he joined the Society of St. Paul and was ordained in 1954. In 1986, he joined the Diocese of Rome as an exorcist. He was also a spiritual son of St. Father Pio. That's wow, very interesting. That's, he knew him as a young priest, and he'd go to him for spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. He'd go to him for confession. Mm -hmm. He was also trained by the very famous exorcist, Father uh, M uh, Candido Amantini, mm -hmm. who right now, mm -hmm. he himself is in the process of canonization. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was that was his mentor. Yeah. Father Amorth in the media has, the media has often caricatured Father Amorth. He's been s said to be austere and severe. Like a priest from the Middle Ages, however, Father Amorth was much more than that. He was a great intellectual. He was not afraid to confront science and, and wrote mem numerous books on exorcism and his personal experiences, which were as fascinating as mm -hmm. they were frightening. Yeah. So, um, Russell Crowe, he'll play the, this fascinating character in a few months with, with shooting to begin in Ireland in August, so next month. The New Zealand actor who won an Oscar for his work in Gladiator in 2000 has already interpreted a role with a religious theme, playing the character of Noah in the film Noah by Darren Ar Ar Arnofrusky. The next step will be the interpretation of, of Father Gabriel Morth in this film dedicated to the most, the most famous exorcist, a role quite different from those that Russell Crowe has played thus far in his career. Yeah, that's going to be really The movie Noah, I, I, I think it was a garbage movie. If that's the, mm -hmm. one, I, the one that we yeah, watched. It I was, think so. Yeah, it was t complete Hollywood. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was very, very loosely. They took all kinds of religious liberty. Mm -hmm. But uh, this movie ought to be good. If they, if they just stick with the facts of, of this priestly ministry and his, mm -hmm. and his vocation as an exorcist, Yep. Father Gabriel Morth, he's also known for, he started what's called the AIE, the Association of International Exorcists, and it's still, it's still functioning today in Rome. He also has an annual conference for the AIE. And so he, he basically heard the, 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 the voice of John Paul II, and well, it was John Paul II that made him an exorcist mm -hmm. for the Diocese of Rome. But he took very serious John Paul II and Pope Benedict's call that... Uh, Catholic priests should be trained in this field and that every diocese should have an exorcist. And so he started this institute in Rome called the AIE, which has now given birth mm -hmm. to other exorcism institutes like the one in, in uh, Mundelein, Chicago, which is called the Pope Leo XIII Institute, which has given birth to another one 
which is called the uh, the Deloran Fathers, which is over in Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then there's another one opening, a big one in Manila, Philippines. Mm-hmm. There's supposed to be a huge institute for exorcism being opened up by Filipino priests. I forget what the name of that's going to be called, but that's good to see that these institutes are opening up around the world to train priests. Uh, you know, because they run across us just even as pastors, mm-hmm. how to do at, at the very least spiritual direction and minor exorcisms. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is very good. Uh, Father Gabriel Morth got the ball rolling mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. we, and, and, and there's a lot of people that are, that are benefiting from the fact that he had this vision to open up this, mm-hmm. again, International Institute for Exorcists. And for those of you that are not aware, there's a many uh, needs for exorcism. We get a lot of calls and emails regarding uh, possible demonic possession. Uh, and here's our lady giving us a holy pause. By the way, just a, just a small little tip. The best uh, protection to deliver yourself from the devil is the sacrament of confession. Yep, live in a state of grace. Speaking of grace, our lady of grace. Amen. Hey, we'll be back talking about preparing for battle. Seven tips uh, on evangelism. How do you prepare for battle? There's seven tips from St. Paul on evangelization. And this is important because the moment that yes. you were baptized, guess what? You became, you became a child of God. At confirmation, you became a soldier of Christ. And guess what? Whether you know it or not, we're at war. Yep, we are war. This is a battle. And uh, that's why we're here to give you those tips. And um, now it's up to you to take those tips and share them with other people that need to go in the battle, that want to be in the battle. And um, and remember, we're fighting side by side for that, Christ. That's right. Mm-hmm. So... This article by Joseph Heschmeyer, he works, I think, for Catholic Answers. It's a pretty good article. Yeah, he writes, uh, In the face of seemingly endless scandals in the Catholic Church, a lot of non-Catholics are asking some variations of, Why are you still Catholic? To their Catholic friends and loved ones. Behind this question is often pain, anger, or sheer incredulity. But the silver lining is that they're asking how, about why we're still Catholic, which creates an opening for evangelization. But now what? As Catholics, we know we're called to evangelize the world, but anyone who's ever attempted evangelization or apologetics knows that it's hard to do it well. As with any craft, one of the best ways to learn is to pay attention to the people who do it well. So it makes sense that we should look to to the life and example of St. Paul. Mm -hmm. He is arguably the greatest evangelist who ever lived, apart from Christ himself, after all. As it says in the Bible, he was entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, those are the Gentiles, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, those are the Jews. For he who worked through Peter for the mission of the circumcised worked through me, Paul said, also for the Gentiles, that's in Galatians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Meaning that if you're a Gentile Christian, like us in this room, your spiritual lineage probably goes back to someone who was converted by St. Paul. So how do we ensure we're properly armed for any sort of question, discussion, or argument about the faith? St. Paul gives us these instructions in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 and following. Yeah, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Here's here's what's interesting. He, He describes a Roman soldier right there. If you look at a Roman soldier, that's what he's describing. But he takes all the weapons of a Roman soldier and he applies it to us, to us followers of Christ. All the, all the, uh, all the battle gear that he describes, they're all defensive weapons except for one offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit. Mm -hmm. All the other things that he mentions, breastplate, shod your feet, gird your loins, they're all defensive weapons. The only offensive weapon mentions there's a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of mm-hmm. God, which we get through Scripture and tradition. Also, something else. I got two boys that wrestled for many years, and I, I, I'd like to point this out. When we're fighting demons, because that's what St. Paul talks about there, the principalities and powers and world rulers, those are demons. He said we're contending against these principalities, powers, and world rulers. The word contending in Greek is wrestling. That's what the word is. We're wrestling against demons, which means that spiritual warfare is close quarter combat, close Mm -hmm. quarter combat. One other thing I want to point out that my wife just read. Somebody asked me, I get asked this question often. So Jess, where do angels and demons reside? What tells you right there in the Mm -hmm. Bible? It says against, okay, the spiritual hosts of the wickedness in the heavenly places. So where do they reside? In the heavenly places. If you look up that word in Greek, it says in the sky or in the cosmos, okay? Or in the or in the or in the uh, upper realm. In other words, angels and demons aren't bound to walk on planet Earth like you and I, like humans and animals. Mm-hmm. They don't have bodies, they don't they're not weighed mm-hmm. down by gravity. So the Bible says that these spirits, angels and demons, they're in heavenly places. Mm-hmm. The Greek word actually means, it says they're in the mm-hmm. air or they're in the sky. That's what it actually means. Yep. Let's so, start breaking this I, down, Anita. Yeah, let's see the first um, battle. Uh, first, St. Paul reminds us to rely upon God rather than ourselves. So he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This is maybe the hardest part of apologetics, he says. We want to be the heroes. We want to be right and we want to do it all on the strength of our of our own brilliance. <laughs> That's true. Mm. But this is a huge mistake and the surest route to failure. Why? Paul gets there. Paul gets there in this his second point. L- let me mention something yeah. about that first point. I was arguing mm-hmm. with a friend of mine who he does a Monday show with me, Jesus Nine One. I was arguing with Paul Clay, who was, who was <laughs> they, part of Calvary Chapel. They always have friendly arguments. <laughs> they were part of Calvary Chapel. He's for he's like twenty or twenty-five years. He was a hardcore Calvary Chapel devotee. Mm-hmm. We would go at it. We share books, cassette tapes, we phone calls, and uh, he was just hard-headed. Well, it was he was going through a divorce, 
he moved out to a hotel, a motel. My brother told me about it. He goes, hey, you know, your friend Paul Clay is going through divorce, and he got thrown out of the house, and he's he's uh, he's uh, living in the motel. Here's his number. Maybe you should call up and reach out to him. When I did that, I said, hey, I'm not going to let a friend of mine live in a motel, a cop friend of mine. Get over here. I got an extra room in my house. I got a big enough house where you can come over. Yeah, I, I, so I, I said, I, I refuse to let you stay in a hotel. He moved in with me. And all of a sudden, the conversations were were just friendly and gentle. The book where he was, the, the room where he was staying at, was loaded with all kinds of good books. I said, "Hey, feel free to go ahead and read whatever you want." My wife said, "Don't say anything to him. Don't pick on him. Just love him." He'll tell people right now to this day. Jess Romero loved me into the Catholic Church. Don't get me wrong; he had good arguments, but my heart was hardened, and anything he said, I would just I would just reject outright because again of my pride. But it wasn't until that I was hurting and he showed me Christian love that completely opened my heart to the truth of the Catholic faith. Yeah, that was just uh, it was just a wonderful experience having him there and, and seeing his transformation into the Catholic Church's openness. I want to learn. Yeah, yeah just. Yeah. So what's the uh, second point? The second, he reminds us who we're really up against. That's what Paul, St. Paul reminds us. He says, our enemy is Satan and his henchmen. And Paul also reminds us of Satan's wileys and the spiritual hosts of wickedness. The devil's smarter than you are and, and more powerful. If you are relying upon your own strength, you will lose. They are asking about why we're still Catholic, which creates an opening for evangelization. But now what? But this is also a good reminder that we are not contending against flesh and blood. even Human when. Beings, if, yeah. Yeah, even when it feels like we are in the heat of the moment when someone is attacking us or attacking our our mother Mary or attacking Jesus or attacking the church, our natural response is to get defensive and to think of that person as an as our enemy. But St. Paul tells us, no, they're not our enemy. Satan and the forces of evil are. They just it, the Satan and the forces just use them. Right. right? Yeah. Because they're primary yeah, evil. Yeah, they're primary. And yeah. they use human yeah, beings that are secondary yep. evil mm-hmm. as, as like a chess pieces on a board. Yes, absolutely. This has several implications for how we approach apologetics. It means you can't approach it as an argument in which you have to beat the other person. Your goal needs to be to win the other person for Christ, not to win the argument. If you start getting into winning the argument mode, you will quickly find yourself struggling with pride, deception, and lack of charity. You might win the argument, but you lost against your real enemy, the devil. Yeah, because yep. the, yeah, because uh, the devil, he, uh, he 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 basically coerced you into becoming prideful in your arguments. Yes, and so they they didn't have they didn't have much effect. Third thing that we can draw from Saint Paul's teaching in Ephesians chapter six, he tells us to wear the whole armor of God, mm-hmm. beginning with girding our loins with truth. Let's say that the other person you're speaking to raises a question and you just don't know the answer. What's the temptation? To make something up or to guess. Why? It Because it saves face. Or because we buy into the lie that if we don't make something up, we'll lose. Well, St. Paul is warning us, don't do that. Don't rely upon half-truths or lies just because they might help you win the argument. Don't make stuff up to avoid looking ignorant or wrong. Don't sacrifice truth for the sake of a win. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Satan is a liar 
and the father of lies, John 8, 44. Well, God is the, tr- God, is the God of truth, Isaiah 65, 16. Lying is losing. Remember, humility is key in evangelization. Without your, your, without your efforts, my efforts are in vain, and they have no merit before God if we do so in a prideful manner. They have no merit before God. Yep, that's what we need is humility. Plenty of us need that. Yeah. Yeah, so our next point, uh, the fourth, uh, St. Paul tells us to wear the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, the most effective armor that you have in this fight is holiness. Mm. You can know all the proofs of God's existence. You can be able to explain the arguments about Jesus' empty tomb or his establishment establishment of of the church but if you're not living like a saint it's a waste of breath on the other hand paul also speaks of the weapons of white righteousness for the right hand and for the left in second corinthians 6 7 in, so in other words we should be armed with holiness even if you're not not great at apologetics apologetics even if you're not if you can Never remember chapter or verse in the heat of the moment. Even if, even if you're the worst debater in the world, you can still be an effective evangelist simply by being loving, openly sharing the hope that is in you. The hope that's in us is Jesus Christ and yes. His resurrection. That's Absolutely. the hope. Jesus yes. 911. Yes. Friday's show. We Lady love you, family. Pray for us. Stick around. We'll continue on Ephesians chapter 6. We are back. Jesus 911 with Jesse and Anita. We love Friday's show. Yes, I'll tell you why. We because we just love the audience. We know uh, there's so many people that benefit from a couple, from a husband and a wife doing a show together in the sacrament of marriage. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of positive feedback. And I know that inspires people in the in in a, in, a, in a good way. Yep. And so we really we really look forward to Friday's show. Just like you said, I we inspire. We have, we, we aspire, aspire to, to inspire, inspire until to we expire. expire. And while doing so, we may even perspire. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about Ephesians chapter six, and yes. we're breaking it down. What Saint Paul says. Yeah, we will continue on with uh, what we were uh, where we left off in the last segment. Talk about holiness, right? Yes, yes. Yes, holiness. So when you talk to people who have converted to Catholicism or who have gone from being a lax Catholic to an on fire for their faith, there tend to be two common elements. Number one, there's almost always a personal connection. If you don't know a Catholic who loves being Catholic, chances are you're not going to become Catholic or start loving your faith. (laughs) So number two, most of the time that person isn't what you would imagine. They aren't some world-class theologian with all the answers. Sometimes, sure, but more often than not, they're, they're a person who was proud to be Catholic and who took the life of holiness seriously. Um, Pope uh, Francis also writes that holiness is the most attractive face of the church. And Pope uh, Benedict, he says... Pope Benedict XVI said this, To me, art beautiful churches, and the saints (laughs) are the greatest apologetic for our faith. 
The arguments attributed by reason are unquestionably important and indispensable, but then there's always dissent somewhere. On the other hand, if we look at the saints, the great, the, this great luminous trail on which God passed through history, we see that there truly is a force of good which resists the millennia. There truly is the light of light. Mm -hmm. In other words, no matter how tight your intellectual argument for Catholicism is, people can always find ways of not believing it. There are intelligent people on both sides of every one of these arguments because God doesn't force belief. Rather, He enables faith. So the only unanswerable argument for the truth of the faith is the life of holiness. You can't argue yeah. with that. It's the way you live that's attractive yes. to people to that bring are seeking, them into the earth. Yes. That are seeking truth and then or seeking for they, Yeah, they see that you have hope, you have joy, you have holiness. That is attractive. So when people see that, they're going to say, I want to have what you have. Yeah. What can I do to have They're going to say, you sign have? me up. Sign me up. And there, and, and there you go. You have a taker. So let's go on to the fifth uh, battle. St. Paul tells us to shod our feet. What is that? With the equipment of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with, with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one. We're just, we've just established that these encounters, as innocuous and meaningless, meaningless as they seem, are points of spiritual combat and the combat against a foe who's stronger and smarter than you. In the face of this, especially if it doesn't seem to be going well, it's important to cling to the peace that only Christ can give. As he said at the Last Supper, knowing that the apostles were about to undergo a serious spiritual trial, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. That's in John 14.1. And a short while later, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's in John fourteen twenty nine. The devil can offer you complacency, but not true peace. And so what does he want to have happen in these encounters? Mm. For you to lose your peace and to stop trusting that God is more powerful than Satan. Yeah, we lose our peace when we start worrying about things that we have no control over. Yes. That's how you lose your peace. So that's when you stop trusting in God. Okay, then you got to stand back and say, what's this You know, rhetoric? I'm always saying, Jesus, I trust in you, and I'm allowing Satan to steal my peace. Yes. You're letting him to, to rent space in your soul, in your heart. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Yeah. Point number six, St. Paul reminds us to be armed with the helmet of salvation. That covers the head. Mm -hmm. In other words, that's supposed to protect the mind, the intellect, mm -hmm. because that's where, again, or that's where... Uh, our, our thoughts come from our imagination. We're supposed to guard it with the helmet of salvation. Yes. Know, know that, that we are being saved by Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And he also talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is an offensive weapon in the Roman, in the Roman army. Mm -hmm. In other words, we're supposed to lean on God and learn Scripture. Yes. It's a great tool. When the devil tried to tempt Jesus in the desert, Jesus responded by quoting Scripture in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. That's how he disarmed Satan. Mm -hmm. The devil then tried to get Jesus to jump off the temple by selectively quoting Psalm 91, which is an exorcism psalm. Mm -hmm. He's trying to quote it against Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> 
The devil's trying to quote an exorcism psalm against Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, brother. You know, it, that's, it's a beautiful song. You know, I pray it every day, so does my wife. It says, yes. he, will give you his, he will give his angels charge of you. On their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Close mm-hmm. quote. Jesus corrected him, still using <laughs> scripture, because the devil was quoting Psalm 91 out of context. Yes. This is a lesson for all of that's, us. That sounds familiar. Yeah, that's what, the many... cult, that's what the cults and a lot of Protestants yep, do. Yep, that's what they do. Yeah. This is a lesson for us. One of the most common reasons I hear Catholics say that they can't evangelize is that they don't know scripture well enough. Well, good. You recognize a problem. Your lack of knowledge of Scripture is impeding your ability to live the Christian faith fully and keeping you from bringing other people to Jesus. So what are you going to do about it? And it's not just about knowing chapter and verse. It's about knowing the gospel and coming to know Jesus intimately through prayerfully devouring Scripture. Mm -hmm. As St. Jerome, the great church father, puts it this way. He said this, quote, If, as St. Paul says, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, and if the man who does not know scripture does not know that the power and wisdom of does not know the power and wisdom of God, then ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Close quote. Yeah, and for those of you that are, haven't delved into scripture, all you have to do is read the mass Dating readings mass every readings. day. Simple. Every day, simple. The it's always you, you the, the 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 first reading. Responsorial Psalm and the Gospel. If you read that every day, every you're going to get familiar with, with Scripture, along with other things, other spiritual reading that you want to take and on. If, and, and if you, and there's a lot of good programs good, out there. There's good commentaries. Yes. You can get, for example, the Magnificat. Yeah. You can get Word Amongst Us. There's just many presentation ministries. Yes. Yes. You can go to the, your your yes. iPhone. The Laudate app has. Excellent commentaries on the yes, daily mass the reflections. Readings. You go Excellent. to the, the readings of the day. You go there and you so click you say, on that. Oh, I don't know what it says. It's simple. They explain it to you in these in these little you know uh, uh, what are they called uh, devotionals Devotions. in your in your, in your iPhone. It's it's all there. It's all there. It's let's, just let's a matter wrap, of searching. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. So uh, finally, you'll notice that I said you know this is a, the writer prayerfully devouring scripture. That's because St. Paul calls upon us to pray at all times in spirit with all prayer and supplication. So remember, reading scripture is also prayer time. You got Lexa Divina. You just sit there and you, you, you look at the, a scripture verse, preferably something from the, from the choices of, of the readings of the day. That's preferably. Look at those and if something, uh, uh, comes out at you, then you want to yeah. focus on that. Read it three times. Yeah, three times. Three times, and take a look at words yes. and phrases that jump out at you and yes. meditate on them. Mm-hmm. So in these moments of evangelization, when someone is asking or challenging you, challenging you, you need air support. This is for two reasons. First, because you're not equipped to do it well enough on your own. The devil is a predator. And what do predators do? They try to get you away from the herd. They want you alone, so you're defenseless. So when the devil tells you, you got this, don't worry about praying, he's saying, come over here without God. See, he's keeping you away, pulling you away, and that's a daily battle. But even then, even more than that, it's because faith is a gift from God. A friend of mine, this is the writer saying, a friend of his was a fervent and brilliant anti-Catholic. He went on to a cl- to clerk for a Supreme Court justice and is now a lawyer working for the White House. As a young man at Hillsdale College, he would argue his Catholic classmates out of the church. 
Eventually, enough of the Catholics around him started praying for him that he that he underwent an incredible spiritual transformation and he became Catholic. There wasn't some particular argument that he encountered that he'd never heard before. Instead, as he put it, it was like the scales just dropped from my from his eyes one day and all his resistance to Catholicism was gone. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. No matter how good your arguments are, you cannot give someone faith. Remember, faith is a gift that comes mm-hmm. from God. The most you can do is learn to remove some of the intellectual barriers uh, and by holiness of life, remove some of the non-intellectual barriers. The only one who can give someone faith is God. And so we need to be praying for people by name. We may also need to join this with fasting for them because that's a powerful spiritual combination according to our Lord Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 9 verse 20 where he said Mm -hmm. that some demons can only be Uh, driven away through prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage you right now, think about somebody right now, and you can take a moment maybe after the show and and, and just pause Mm -hmm. and ask God if there's someone, if there's anyone you need to be praying for in this way that needs the grace of conversion or even the grace of salvation. If you have a family member that's dying right now and they have a Mm -hmm. hardened heart, Mm You should also could also be praying for the grace of salvation that they'll have a Saint Dismas moment as well. Yeah, so prayer is uh, such an important aspect of your daily as a Catholic's daily life. Uh, that's food for the soul, and as Catholics, we need to just push through. It's uh, it's uh, smash mouth Catholicism. We that's have right. to push through every day. We sometimes we don't feel like it, but we got to do it. And there's more merit. More merit when you grind it when out. When you grind it out, because God says, "Wow, He really just pushed they're through sleepy, it." They're sleepy, mm-hmm. they're tired, and they're look tired. at them, boy, mm-hmm. they're still doing their prayers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember, uh, the prayer is the way we communicate with God. Saint Clement of Alexandria, Saint Teresa of Avila, Doctor of the Church, says, mm-hmm. "Prayer is the way we unite with God." Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what oxygen is to your body, prayer is to your soul. And if we, there's, if we say we love Jesus, that's the way we communicate with him. That's right. And Those his, are his and, love letters exactly. to us. Exactly. And his mother Mary. And his mother the Mary. The two people yes. that are the cause of our joy. Yes, the cause of our joy. Yeah. Hey, that's been, uh, we, it's been good talking to you about how to spiritually prepare before you go out to an abortion clinic. Send this show to people uh, out there that uh, maybe uh, said, hey, what, what are you listening to on a Friday? You can support the show by sharing the full show link at vmpr.org. You can also find us on social media at VM at VMP Radio and our YouTube channel, Full Sheen Ahead. Share us with your friends and evangelize everybody you love. Yes. Also but, up next, Jeremy yes, Chuda. Yes, Jeremy Chuda. The, the, the big guy coming <laughs> coming to us from the Midwest Command yes. Center. The big guy hands upon apologetics. As for us, we are out. We love you, family. Thanks for listening. God bless See you, you. Next time. Have a great weekend.